On Wednesday night, we had our worship celebration on the patio, as, as Leanna mentioned. And there was a whole bunch of us out there. It was a great night. And we focused on singing together. And Dave led us in, in worship. And then it was my turn to, to speak. I, I came up and, and I asked to all everybody there, I go, if you could ask God for anything, what would you ask? And man, they started firing off all these questions. And, you know, uh, who made the universe? And uh, how far away is the sun? And all these kind of crazy questions. Who made pillows? One of the kids asked that. That was really good. I, I found a book titled uh, with that same t- with the title, Questions Kids Ask God. They ask, who created God? Will there be animals in heaven? One question was, who created mosquitoes, and will they be in heaven? That type of thing. We have lots of questions, don't we? We have lots of questions even today. Uh, in our own hearts, we have questions. Questions for God. You know, I, as I read through the news this morning, as we thought about um, the conflict that all of a sudden has erupted uh, between um, Israel and against the Palestinian militants and the Israeli forces, and it just breaks our heart. Um, many of us were there last year about this time, and so we had heavy sorrow um, for what's going on over there. We pray for peace. We pray for, uh, for God's intervention. Um, pray for calm. Pray for people to come in and, and bring a sense of, of rational uh, thought and negotiation in this time. Let me pray. God, we, we come before you with lots of questions in our hearts this morning. We come with questions about ourselves and, and about the world and about what's going on. And, and so, Lord, we come before you. We lay these questions before you. We, we open up our hearts. We know that we are a forgiven people. We come boldly before you, knowing that you are here with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. So, go, Lord, we pray that you grant us your healing Spirit upon our hearts now as we turn to your word and, and allow your word to speak into our lives. And Lord, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together are glorifying unto you, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. And all God's people said, Amen. Jesus' disciples had a chance to ask God questions. They ask Jesus questions. And one of them is that we're exploring in the, the Lord's Prayer. They ask Jesus, teach us to pray. And he teaches them to pray. And one of the lines in the prayer is, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we explored a bit of it last week. But you know, forgiveness is a difficult topic. It's difficult for us. We all wrestle with understanding the dynamics of the nature of forgiveness in our lives and the nature of forgiveness for others. So we need to spend two Sundays on forgiveness. Jesus spent a great deal of time talking about mercy and forgiveness. His first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Right away, starting with mercy, Jesus talked about loving enemies. Loving enemies. And he started telling these, these outlandish parables about God's forgiveness. We know the one about the parable of the, of the lost son and the, 
And the son, when he comes to his senses, he, he realizes that he has to go to his father. And he has to seek forgiveness. And he, and he decides in his mind, I'm going to tell my dad, I'm going to pay off all the debt. That's what I'll do. I'll live in the, in the servants' quarters, and I'll work until the debt is paid. And so he's got his speech all figured out, and he's walking down the road, and he's going to meet his father. His father sees him from a distance. His father runs to him. And as the son's about to, to blurt out his speech that he has prepared in advance, the father doesn't even listen to him, gives him a hug, puts his a robe on him, gives him a, a signet ring, and then orders his servants, let's throw a huge party. Before the boy even has a chance to say anything, he's forgiven. Jesus himself extended forgiveness in ways that into the most unlikely people, frustrated others, tax collectors and sinners. They love to be around him. You know, someone once said that the people who were nothing like Jesus really liked Jesus. Extending forgiveness and healing, declaring forgiveness for the brokenhearted, opening the door for healing and new life. So now Jesus has been teaching about forgiveness for quite a while in his earthly ministry, showing it to his disciples, how it's done, and, and how are they to follow that. And they've been paying attention. But they begin to wonder, you know, to what extent are we to forgive here? You know, how far does this forgiveness go? Especially when there's some people in their lives that like, hey, you know what? That's a little too much. So Jesus, he's hanging out with the disciples. He reads the room and he sees in their eyes and he looks directly at them and he says, listen, if, if a brother or a sister or a neighbor, if, if you are offended or, and you need forgiveness or they need forgiveness, you need to go to them and you need to talk to them about the harm that has been done. And if that doesn't work, then take somebody with you. And what this does is keeps you both honest. You have a witness. And if that doesn't work, then you need to tell the church. And if that doesn't work, then you might need to start all over again from scratch. Jesus pauses for a moment. Imagine he takes a breath, and then a hand goes up in the back. And it's Peter. And Peter, hearing all this stuff about forgiveness and how many times, you know, forgiving and being merciful. He's wondering, he has a question that is on everybody's mind. And this is what happens in how it explains in Matthew. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is probably not what the disciples wanted to hear, or it's sometimes not what we really want to hear. Peter is trying to figure out how much do I forgive? How often should I forgive this person who has offended me? You know, Peter's math is very generous. In the Jewish law, it was three times. Forgive three times. So, G so Peter doubles it and he adds one for good measure. 
He says, seven times? Jesus says, no. Seven times is minuscule according to how many times God has forgiven you. You have been forgiven. Peter is proposing frequent forgiveness when Jesus is teaching forever forgiving. He sees it in their eyes and he realizes that they're having a difficult time with this so he teaches a parable. And the parable is about an unforgiving servant. And we, it, you're familiar with that. The, the servant goes to the master and says, I cannot pay back what I owe you. And this parable is an exaggeration. It's almost like he's, the, the servant owes a zillion dollars. Someone once did the math, and it's like 375 life, lifetimes to be able to pay back what he owes. Everybody knows when Jesus is saying this parable, it's major exaggeration, a zillion. Jesus is teaching that there's nothing you can do. No human can um, pay back a debt before God. So therefore, we are to go and do likewise. Forgive. And Peter's question and Jesus' answer says it all. If you are still counting how many times you are to forgive someone, you're not really forgiving, you're just postponing revenge. Well, the teaching is clear. Forgive. Don't keep a record. Don't recall the wrong every time that person walks into the room. Don't even think about counting, Jesus is saying. This raises questions for us too, I think. If we're honest, are we to just keep on forgiving over and over and over and over again? Seems like we're just opening ourselves up to being taken advantage of. Are we just to be doormats? Be trampled on? I I don't think so. There might be some confusion related to the nature of forgiveness. What it is and what it's not. Lou Smeads, a late professor of Fuller Theological Seminary, he wrote a tremendous book on forgiveness titled Forgive and Forget. And in the book he says that forgiveness is not the same as excusing. Forgiveness is not the same as excusing. Smeads argues that excusing is an end run around forgiveness. When an action is excusable, it doesn't require forgiveness. So you're standing in the airport and someone's late to their flight and they run and they bump into you. Accident. That's, it, it's excusable. They didn't mean to do that. Someone shows up late for a meeting because they hit tra- the construction traffic. It's excusable. That's not the same as someone asking for forgiveness on that. You know, excusing is not the same as forgiveness. I was at the hardware store the other day, and I'm standing there in line, and there's this big, strong biker, leather, arms that are massive, and they're well-decorated, and he's standing there, and he's paying his bill for some equipment for his motorcycle. He's got these big boots on. And this woman's rounding the corner, she's got some light bulbs, and she bumps into him. This is a true story now. 
I'm not making this up. And right when she bumps into him, he kind of helps hold her a little bit. And then and she says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's holding her. He goes, and he looks at her. And I'm not sure what he's going to do here. And he says, never say you're sorry. And I'm like, uh-oh, so what's now what's next, you know? He says, listen, you don't need to say you're sorry. You're not a sorry person. And I'm like, whoa. You keep saying you're sorry over and over again for things that are excusable like that. And here comes biker sage wisdom. I'm writing it down. Everybody else, the whole place is quiet. Biker is telling this woman, don't say you're sorry. And then he goes on and says, like, what well, builds up negative energy inside of your body. And I'm like, okay, wow. And then never say you're sorry. I thought that was interesting. You could talk about it later with your friends. Never say you're sorry. It's excusable. I think that's what loose Smeeds is getting at. Forgiveness is not the same as excusing. Forgiveness does not mean tolerating bad behavior either. It's not pretending that what has happened is not so bad. It's not just excusing, oh, well, whatever. Nor is forgiveness in the business of forgetting. Hurt causes trauma, and trauma leaves a mark and seldom forgotten. We may get good at stuffing down those things that have caused us harm to try to block it out of our memory. Even if we're good at forgetting, it's still not forgiveness. Forgiving is what is required precisely when we can't forget, according to Smeeds. The really important thing is that we need God's grace. And through God's grace, we have the power. We have the power to forgive even though we remember. Yes, the Bible talks about how God says, I've blot out their sins. I will remember their inequities no more out of Isaiah chapter 43. I'm the one who blots out their transgressions for my own sake. I will remember their sins no more. But Smeeds notes that this is not the same as God having amnesia or a poor memory like when we can't find our wallet or our keys. He suggests the best way to think about it is that our past sins, which we have repented of, have become irrelevant to how God will treat us. Likewise, when we forgive We give up the right to hurt back, to talk about the person, to bring it back up whenever they enter the room. Hold it over them, over and over again. But forgiveness does set us free. Forgiveness does set us free. In the parable that Jesus teaches, the unforgiving servant turns around and then goes after those who owe him pennies on the dollar. And he throws a couple of them in jail. The master hears about it. And the master finds this servant and he says, For you are unforgiving, therefore you will now have to pay back everything. And he sends them to prison. It's a metaphor. When we're unforgiving, it's as if we put ourselves in prison. 
our hearts. If we choose not to forgive, then I remain captive in the hurt for as long as I live. Our anger becomes the shackles. Bitterness becomes the chains. To refuse to forgive is to allow the hurt to keep me chained in prison. Smead says to forgive is to set the prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. And Jesus says forgiveness comes from the heart. At the very end of this passage and the story that Jesus tells of the parable, he says, Peter, you've got to forgive from the heart. You have to forgive from your heart. Jesus cares about the conditions of our hearts. He cares about the condition of our souls. And he knows how forgiveness can block us in that reconciliation and the relationship we have with him. Like our very breath, forgiveness is nothing short of a miracle, dear friends. So think about the week you have ahead. Think about the things in your life, the demands, your time, the effort that you are putting into nurturing the important relationships in your life. And how will forgiveness play a role? True forgiveness. And how will you live free in the forgiveness that you receive from God on a regular, daily basis as you pray? Maybe you're not here with a burden of forgiving others. Maybe you're here with the burden of not accepting the fullness of the forgiveness that God is offering to you in your life and the grace and the healing and forgiving yourself. Forgiveness is nothing short of a miracle, dear friends. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us. There's a song, you know it, maybe, I'm going to try to sing it and see if you can follow along or sing with, I want, not follow along, I want you to sing with me because it's very embarrassing if one person, if I try to do a solo up here, I'll be so embarrassed. And it goes like this, I'm just kidding, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, right? And then you say that a couple times and then melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Are you ready? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Gracious God, we need your Spirit to fall upon us, that we might grow in our forgiveness of one another and accepting the forgiveness that you freely give to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, God. Empower us this week as we forgive. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.